Welcome, everyone, to CBuzz, the Columbus Chamber of Commerce's award-winning podcast and also Columbus's first business-focused podcast. Our show was presented by the Columbus Chamber of Commerce and Capital University. My name's Michaela Hunt, brand journalist and your host for CBuzz, where we bring you unique and impactful stories directly from leaders right here in our own Central Ohio business community. We are coming to you from our home at Capital University's Convergent Media Center, a really collaborative space for students and faculty to study everything from music and film to creative writing and digital media. We are excited to tell incredible stories through this platform. Today, we're sitting down with Joanna Williams, owner of Jay's Sweet Treats and Wedding Cakes, the premier boutique bakery located in the heart of Columbus, Ohio. Launching in 2016 after a successful pop-up show, they specialize in making magical, memorable moments through edible art. And that does sound delicious to me. Joanna, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Oh my gosh. You know, there's so much I want to ask you about. I love it that you come from the pop-up world because I think there's a lot of thoughts about how that looks and what that means as a business moves forward. Absolutely. So we're going to get a lot of wisdom and a lot of nuggets out of you today, I think. We have a lot of business owners and entrepreneurs that listen to the show and people who are just working in their organization trying to make a difference. And and I'm going to start there because you spent... 25 years in the corporate world, you decided to pursue this passion and launch Jay's Sweet Treats. You started with the pop-up event that you fondly describe as the pop-up shop that keeps on giving (laughs) because you have never stopped. I've never stopped. So how were you able to turn a hobby that was a pop-up into a thriving business? Like, Take me back and, and tell me, tell us all what happened. How did it work? Okay, so I was constantly baking for friends and family, and a good friend of mine said, hey, I'm having a birthday party. Her name is Felicia. She said, can you make me a two-tier cake? I'm pretty fearless. I've never made one before, but I said, of course I can. You never had made one before? Oh, absolutely not. (laughs) No. I love it. Okay, okay. But I knew that I could make a great cake, and I knew that my husband is an engineer, so if I could bake it, he can make it stand up. Oh, very smart. Made sense, right? Right. So I did, and she took it to a restaurant, and everyone loved it, and the staff loved it, and the chef asked, who made this cake? And then she posted it on social media, and it just went crazy. So we decided to do a pop-up shop, my daughter and I. So we thought, on the weekends, a couple times a month, we'll do this pop-up shop. But the demand was so heavy, it became an every-weekend occurrence. And it got to the point where I'm thinking... I can't bake much more while working in this corporate world. Corporate world, and I take it, in your own kitchen. Absolutely. In my own kitchen. <laughs> so so with that, are you popping up all over central Ohio at this point? What kind of volume is happening as you're, you're like, hey, this started from this one cake? Well, you know, unlike some people who go to different farmers markets and, and et cetera, we just had one location. We went there. It was just us. We were the only ones. People would put in special orders. We would post on social media where we're at. People would come from all over to purchase. It was just kind of weird how fast it grew just staying in our little bubble. How did you pick that location? And will you share where it was? Because, I mean, was it just happenstance and and fate that it happened the way that it happened? Or do you think it had something to do with picking your location? It had nothing to do with picking my location. (laughs) It had everything to do with my sister was managing a great value storage. And right next to it, they had this office space that was empty. And so we would go over there and I thought this would be really nice to 
meet my meet my brides. You know, I had people who wanted wedding cakes. Take it out of my home, meet my brides. So we dressed it up really cute, and uh, we put my name on the door. And I thought, well, let's just have a pop up shop here. So people thought, oh, she has a location. There's got to be a big kitchen in the back. No, it was a storage area. Well, but but how did people find, like, was it social media? How did people social find? Social media. That, so that's how they found out Absolutely. about the location. Word of mouth. People would come and they would post where they were, say great things. Other people would be driving by and say, oh, I just saw that on, you know, Facebook or I just saw it on Instagram. They'd turn around and come in and we would just sell out every weekend. Well, whatever you're making must have proved itself very easily for that word of mouth and then to drive that customer volume that you had at the pop-up. When did you know that the storage space and the pop-up wasn't going to provide all the, like, I guess I should say, that it wasn't going to provide the path you needed, but also, like, you had to make some decisions, I would take it, about what you were going to do with your life and your career at that point. Absolutely. So we started our pop-ups in 2016. So we held on to that for a while because I was very close to retirement, but not yet there. And I wasn't going to walk away from my career. I actually loved working in corporate America. So... I continued to bake out of my home, and um, my husband got pretty tired of people coming every weekend, all these strangers, he would call them. (laughs) Where are they coming from? They're coming from, like, who are these people? And one Saturday, he went to come downstairs. He didn't realize I had people there. Oh, no. He's like, let me turn around and go back upstairs. You might want to tell me when you're having a cake tasting (laughs) in our dining room. So I think the straw that broke the camel's back for him was he was downstairs making breakfast. And I come running downstairs like, please tell me you're not making eggs. He's like, yes, of course I'm making eggs. You cannot eat those. Those are for my cakes. I have orders due. And he looked at me and he said, it's time for you to get out of this house (laughs) and get your own space because I'm going to eat eggs. That's how it's going to work. That's how it's going to work. You get your own eggs. Yes. So how long ago was that, and what did you do? What was the next step? So the next step was, um, you know, I, I toyed around with it for a while. You know, I was, okay, I'm going to quit corporate America, and I'm going to do this. And then I get close, and I go, hmm, I kind of like my job. Like the stability. I love the stability. Like my people. However... I'm a risk taker. Clearly, I baked a two-tier cake without any knowledge. Clearly. (laughs) So it took some while to convince my husband that this is what I need to do. And uh, once he was on board, I started second-guessing myself like, hmm, you know, I'm super independent. I have my, my own insurance. I've been here for 25 years. And he works for the same company, so he's been there 29 years. And I thought, I don't know if I want to do this. And then I did it. And what was the moment where you where the switch flipped from second guessing yourself to doing it? You know, I was laying in bed. It was a Sunday morning and I woke up, believe it or not, and I texted my dear friend who's a realtor and I said, I'm ready. I'm ready. And so she said, okay, well, I'll look for some spaces today. When do you want to look? And I said, how's one o'clock? It was probably 10 a.m. And she she goes, okay, all right, in true Joanna fashion, let me gather some things for you. So we went and we looked, and I was sold on this wall of exposed brick. This is it. I'm a visionary. I can see it. And my husband said it has dirt floors. It has no plumbing. It doesn't even have walls. And I said, just trust me. And is that the Parsons location? That's the Parsons location. Wow. For you know, we have again a lot of business professionals listening right now. Given what you just explained in that journey, 
What's a piece of advice you would give to someone who's also wanting to pursue? Because it sounded like you did a lot of listening to what was going on and to yourself, but then you had that moment of, oh, I'm not so sure. Yes. So, so what would you tell someone who is also wanting to pursue that passion and open their own business? If you have a quality product and you believe in yourself and you have faith, do it afraid. Do I it always afraid. say what God ordains, he will maintain. And you felt that Sunday morning you knew... Oh, absolutely. ...that it was ordained. Without a shadow of a doubt. You've transitioned, you know, into this career as an award-winning baker and the successful business owner. Um, Even though sometimes, you know, it is ordained and it will be maintained, there are still challenges. Oh, yes, Lord. (laughs) (laughs) So what have you learned that surprised you? Well, I learned that um, I can live off of a lot less than I thought that I could. You know, when when COVID hits and it was just, what, six days prior to us opening. Wow. We had a phenomenal grand opening. I mean, literally lines down Parsons, and then the world stopped. And I thought, Lord... Um, I'm, I'm going to go back to corporate America if this doesn't work out. And I kept praying about it. And he just said, be still and know that I am God. So that's exactly what I did. And so we just dug in. We had to pivot. We had to change some of our offerings. We had to change the way we do business. I always said, you know, I probably won't do DoorDash and, you know, that sort of thing. But um, I did it because that's what I needed to do to maintain our business. So we just really thought about what do the people want what can we do to bring some sort of sense of normalcy to their lives? And that's what we did. Comfort. Comfort. That's what you serve, and that's what we needed. Absolutely. I, I love your, your company's statement of making magical, memorable moments through edible art. I, and I made it through that. That's not easy to say necessarily. <laughs> but I love it because I love what it means, making magical, memorable moments through edible art. Tell me more about what that statement means to you and to Jay's Sweet Treats. Like, how did you come up with it and and how does it work? So it's real personal to me because making magical, memorable moments, like what, what are we doing? Anyone can serve cake and it's just cake. But if you make it fabulous and you make it an experience, it's no longer just cake. It's a moment. And so when we had, you know, COVID and people weren't able to have birthday parties for their children or, or get married, you know, I can't take my, and I always say Legoland, I can't take my kids to Legoland, but what can I do to make them feel special? Well, the three-tier princess cake will make any little girl feel special. So those are the type of things we started doing. You know, you have a family of four and we're making three-tier princess cakes because they wanted to do something to make their kids feel special. So... Give me, and it's so hard, right, because we don't have visuals here. We can only use our words. But describe to me how some of these magical, memorable moments look. Like, you're telling me that you, like, back in 16 or right before then, you had never made a two-tier cake before. and, And now you're making things that evoke joy and magic. So what do these things look like for those people who have not seen them? Well, we just did a cake recently for the Disney Channel. Imagine Disney through the eyes of a little girl or a little boy. Okay. I it's mean, fun. It's exciting. It's colorful. So what did you do? How did, how did you make it look? So we were commissioned by them to kick off their... Um, there's three shows that came out. So Magic Bake Off, The Descendants, and Spin. Oh, I know The Descendants in my house. Okay. Yes. Okay. So on August, I believe it was 16th, 
they kicked off these three brand new shows. And so we had to create a cake that represented all three. So each tier represented one of those shows. So it was colorful. It was very vibrant. Um, of course, it had the waffle Mickey ears on top. So it was a lot of fun. And when you look at that, you just feel excited inside. You can't help but be happy when you think about Mickey Mouse and Disney World or the Descendants or Spin or Baking. So those are the things that we create. And and, and bring to life Absolutely. in a cake. How much learning did you have to do from, I mean, okay, yes, it is 2021 going into 2022. Mm-hmm. From 2016 to now, to make this kind of cake, what did you have to learn? Because this is that's a long way from a two-tier cake that you made and posted to social media, or your friend did. Yes. So I am 100% self-taught. So everything I do, um, I've learned through just trial and error. So I don't, uh, a lot of people make practice cakes, and they put things together, and you'll see they'll post it and say, you know, hey, I made this practice cake. Does anyone want to buy it? I don't do that. I wait for someone to call and say they want something outrageous. (laughs) And my mind just works that way. So you want it to blow smoke? You want it to spin around? Okay, we can figure that out. It's the challenge for me. What is the most outrageous request you've received? It may be one of those you just mentioned or it might be something else. Well, there are some that I didn't do um, just because they were... (laughs) Can we even talk about them on the air? That's the question. So there are certain cakes that I don't make. I always say that, you know, this is a legacy for my children. So when my grandchildren look my name up, I don't want these sort of cakes associated associated with my name so that I don't. Let me see. The most outrageous would be, you know, it's probably a Fortnite cake that I made. The young guy, he was really particular about what he wanted. So his mom had specific flavors and colors. She wanted it to spin around. She wanted certain things to open up and close, which required, of course, some assistance from my husband. The engineer, right? You said yes. Yes. Um, She wanted it to light up. So then it was researching, how can I make this light up? What can I cover it with so that it's not, you know, contaminating the cake product around it? So that was probably the most outrageous. Um, But we've done a lot of stellar wedding cakes that once we assemble it and we walk away, I think, my God, how on earth did we do that? And and I take it engineering is not... I mean, the limited knowledge I have of the cake making industry, Mm -hmm. engineering is usually probably something you don't find all too often in your world. Well, or maybe it is. I don't know. I mean, on Cake Boss or something like that, but. So we do because we do a lot of Cake Boss like cakes. Okay. Um, But I try to limit them. You know, at first I was like, I'm going to take everything that comes. And then after you don't sleep for a few days, you're thinking, we probably should only do one or two of these a month. (laughs) (laughs) Right. We need a little rest here. So engineering does play a part in there because you have to make it stand up. You have to make it, you know, people want things that are off center. They want things that kind of lean to the left or to the right. How do you make those things work by still... I don't know. Keep it together. So keep it together and transport it to wherever it is you're going. So, you know, um, during COVID, you you started to talk a little bit about a couple of the pivots, the smaller ones you did. I mean, during that time, were you doing more of those intricate cakes? Were you also doing other products? Like what did the rest of the pivots look like for you? So some of the things that we weren't doing um, was a lot of shipping. 
So we ended up doing a lot of shipping, uh, whether it's the jar cakes or the pound cakes. And we created this thing called a comfort box. So if someone had someone sick, you know, you can send a, a cute little comfort box to them. Or someone, I'm writing that down, by the way, okay. to remember that. <laughs> if someone passed away, we did uh, repass platters where we would just have a plethora of different um, desserts on a big platter, and we would send it to wherever the repass was going to be or to the family if they weren't having a repass due to COVID. So just things that brought joy to people were what we were doing. Got it. Finding ways. Finding Again, ways. leaning into what people needed. Absolutely. Jay's Sweet Treats is very much a family-oriented business. It uh, is. Your mom, your sister, well, and two and two of your two of your kids, right? So or not yes. my mom. Or my mom, mom has passed on. Okay. However, my love of baking was, you know, from birth from birth my mother. From her. So she Absolutely. she is still a part of She's what you do. Still a part of what we do. So two kids then involved yes. and sister. My sister. Yes. And best it, friend. And your best friend. Uh-huh. Of how many years? 27. Wow. So what have you learned about working so closely with family and good good friends? Well, a couple things. I left one of, well, two of my best friends out. One of them is actually my bookkeeper slash accountant. Okay, so she's all things money to the point that she changed my Amazon password because she said we were spending too much. <laughs> well, that's a whole other story. It is. We'll save that for the next episode. <laughs> and then I have um, a dear friend, Patricia, also, who is assistant manager there. But what I've learned from working for family is um, it's either going to work or it's not. But these individuals have been in my life. Obviously, they know me. They know what makes me click and what makes me crazy. So they try really hard not to send me to the crazy end very often. But um, we maintain a very transparent, open, and honest relationship. If I do something that's offensive, they have no issue with calling me on the carpet. If they don't do something that I say, I have no issue with calling them on the carpet. So there's that mutual respect there, and there's a line that we don't cross either way. Mm -hmm. Do you think enough organizations and groups do that? I mean, that's radical transparency, and I think... That's a pretty cool thing. Yeah. I don't think a lot of people do that, um, but we have always been that way. You know, even raising our kids, if you have something that's on your heart, there was never that, oh, you can't say it or, you know, you can't talk like that to mom or dad. They were always very respectful. But if you had something on your heart, you know, I, I feel like I shouldn't have to do the dishes because I've done them for five days and my sister has been watching TV. Then we encourage them to have those conversations with us. Now, the end result could be you're going to do the dishes anyway. But we encourage them to be open and honest, and so therefore they have continued that path into adulthood. So um, they they call me out pretty good. I have to be extremely humble because I always say they let you know when you come home you're really nobody. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Nobody but mom. Nobody but mom. You create a lot of just really great stuff. Fabulous sweet treats, including cakes, eclairs, brownies, lemon bars. Peach cobbler. I got to be careful because I haven't had dinner yet as we're having this conversation. (laughs) Um, And I'll start with dessert if I keep going down that list. So many options to choose from, though. Um, This question may be a little challenging, but I'm curious. Which sweet treat is your favorite to eat? And which is your favorite to make? I want to ask you both of those things. So favorite to eat and favorite to make. Well, I would say favorite to eat right now is the quick chocolate chip cookie because I can grab it while I'm at the bakery and keep moving. And it's like 
delicious. Absolutely homemade. Yes. Warm right out of the oven. Yeah. Yeah. Those are always. They'll get you in trouble. So I try to limit myself to one sometimes too, but. But not much more than that. Got it. So that's think, your favorite to eat. Yes. One of my favorites to make is cheesecake, hmm. just because it's such a blank slate and you can create any flavor profile with it. So we do, you know, like Nutella cheesecake. We do peach cobbler cheesecakes. We do sweet potato cheesecakes. So oh. we take all of those comforts of home and we just throw it into a cheesecake batter and... and See what we come up with. Well, it's got to be better than the mix I used this weekend because everybody <laughs> looked at me and was like, what are you putting in that pie crust? Which was like a graham cracker, you okay. know, crust. And I was like, okay, we will not try that again. Right. right? Better to order it out, guys. Like I can attest to that myself. Um, but cheesecake, so favorite yes. to make. But aren't they hard to make? They are. Well, I won't say they're hard to make. Like once you get it, it's down to a science. Um, and I practice with it. You know, I started playing with flavor profiles, and my family gets so sick of taste testing <laughs> when we were developing our That's menu. So hard to believe, but well, I mean, you know, the first few months it was awesome. Like, oh, there's cheesecake. Oh, there. So my kids would come over. Like, oh, Dad said you made peach cobbler. And then after a while, I get really old. I would call and say, Hey, I just did this such and such. Can you come taste it? And they're like, Oh, not today. I'm really busy. What? What? You're not going to come taste it? And my husband would say, I literally can't eat anything else sweet. I'm just, I'm sick of it. So now that we're out of the house, he, you know, he'll text me. I saw on Facebook when you went live, there was peach cobbler. (laughs) Can you bring some home? Exactly. What has it been like transitioning to a commercial? I mean, you've obviously been in it for a while, but to a commercial kitchen and to baking that way and to using a team to bake that way. Well, you know, initially it was absolute heaven, and then we quickly outgrew our space. So we outgrew our space on Parsons pretty quickly. It was a small, it was a quaint space anyway, but I wasn't expecting, again, the volume, the number of people who call us, and I'm like, we're not even advertising, you know, when we first opened, so the heck is going on? Like, the phone constantly rings, and so... um, you know, we started getting all of these intricate cakes, which require all of these supplies. And soon enough, my daughter was like, we have no, don't buy anything else. Not another box, not another clip, not another flower. We don't have anywhere to put it. And so I thought, okay, I started buying these tubs and we started sliding them into the basement at home. And then my husband said, we just took everything out of the basement. Like, what is going on? And I was just completely transparent, like I'm buying stuff because I like to do cutting edge, exciting and new, and these items are required to do so. So we're currently cleaning out my garage with some (laughs) of my extra stuff that I haven't used in a year or so. So you are on, so then is this, you had your personal kitchen, but now you're on your second commercial kitchen? Yes. Okay. And how do you for lack of a better term, touch all this? Like, do you have, it's your team that's trusted? How do you keep up with the volume? So my daughter has turned into quite the phenomenal baker. She was not a big baker or a big cook. Um, And she just kind of started hanging around in the kitchen. And then when she decided to come into the business, she's like, mom, you're not getting any rest. What can I do? I'm like, well, I'm going to give you this recipe. I need you to make this cake. And it turned out really good. So I was like, she's on to something. So I just started slipping her a little more. And it's all chemistry with baking, right? So, I mean, it is tough to, like, 
And then she started creating things in her own, different flavor profiles. And she created this peach cobbler pound cake that people were literally driving from like Mansfield to come get. Wow. So I'm like, no, wait a minute now. I didn't even teach you that one. But I put it on my menu too. So now I make it. I feel like this baking bit has been passed down really well from your mom to you to your daughter. That's amazing. Given that that wasn't like her background or her thing. She's an educator. She went to college to work in the schools and she was working in the school system. And then she got laid off and she was working for me part-time. So when she got laid off, she said, hey, I'm just going to come in and work with you full-time while I look for something else. And then she kind of got trapped because... (laughs) I really needed, you needed her, her. and yeah. she saw the need. And so there were a few times, you know, she gave me her resignation. She's quitting or what have you, but she's still here. She's still there, and she's, she's found there. this new talent. Absolutely. Huh. She's really good at it. Peach cobbler pound cake. Yes, ma'am. Okay, I'm going to remember that. Okay. It's on your menu, you it said? It is. Okay. Since opening your first store, as kind of we've been talking about, you've, you've been so busy. Um, you've been featured on the Drew Barrymore Show. Um, yes. You were one of the artisan bakeries chosen to create, again, that magical cake for the Disney Channel that yes, we talked ma'am. about earlier. And you recently opened another location in Polaris Mall. Yes. Having been in that entrepreneur space myself, I hesitate to ask this because you're you're opening up that space and just within the last few months. But what is next for Jay's Sweet Treats? What do you think is next? Uh, you know, I told my husband this was it. I'm going to just, you know, stay in this space for a while, give myself some time to enjoy because I am always thinking of what's next. What's my next step? And he looked at me and he said, I've been married to you long enough to know that there are wheels turning on other things. So I'm actually thinking about um, taking some of this back to my to my roots, taking it back to the Cleveland area where my dad is yeah. and, and do a few things there. Uh, my daughters are very interested in opening an event space. Um, so they have it all mapped out. My oldest, you know, of course they would have to have the cakes only from Jay Sweet Treats. And then we have so many friends in the industry from florists to photographers to actual caterers. And so she has this whole dream mapped out in, uh, apparently it's, it's my responsibility. No, she doesn't make it my responsibility. I'm just kidding. It is, um, it would be my honor to bring that to life for them. So and you have that mindset oh, to absolutely. help them get there and to take it there. Yeah. Um, and it truly is a family affair then. Absolutely. Wow. And what's really cool is my kids are sponges and so are my friends. You know, they want to learn the business and I don't hold anything back. So if you come work for me, you're going to know everything there is to know about a bakery whether you stay or whether you leave, because I feel like that information shouldn't just die with me. It should be shared so that others can grow. And so I tell them everything. You know, I have them in business meetings with me while we're negotiating contracts. I have them there when the painters are coming. I have them helping me pick out the signs for, for our locations. So they are very much a part of our day-to-day operation. Well, how do people learn if they're not mentored that way Absolutely. and information is shared that way? I mean, there's that's the only way to go. Absolutely. So we're currently mentoring some children from the uh, city of Columbus. They had a mentoring program for the summer. So we ended up... Uh, having four total, uh, and one of them decided she loved it so much she didn't want to leave. So <laughs> now she's just working, you know, a couple of days a week. She's only 15, but she's such a sweetheart, and she's become quite the chocolatier. So No kidding. She's doing a lot of the chocolate work for us. So 
I, I feel like, hey, if I know it, I'm going to share it. And if it's useful, great, use it. If it's not, then just store it somewhere. You never know when you have to pick it back up again. Ordained and maintained. I keep, I keep coming back to that from the earlier in our conversation as Absolutely. you continue to show up in the community. Before we go, is there anything that's inspiring you right now? Like a book, a podcast, a group that you're involved in? We always love to find this out. Is there something that really you love and that's driving you right now? You know, there's a lot of things that are driving me, but one of the things that's really inspiring me to just work harder and go higher, and, and this isn't, you know, being cliche, but the Columbus Chamber of Commerce, because they have really just rallied behind me and they've been so supportive and whatever it is I do, you know, if they see any sort of article, we do a lot of news, we do a lot of whatever, they're constantly sharing, they're constantly tapping in and asking, hey, what do you need from us? What can we do to support you? They come in, they make purchases, they tell everyone they know, you know, about us. And so that's really inspiring me to go harder and to do better because, of course, I'm proud of myself, but they've put so much time and effort into me. I want them to be proud as well. And those of you listening, I swear that was not planned. It was like, not she planned. didn't even know I was going to ask the question. I haven't seen the questions, so no. it wasn't planned. But they have really just, I mean, they partnered with the Urban League and, you know, provided us with this great opportunity. And it has been absolutely amazing. So you're one of, from this partnership, yes. I am familiar with it from yes. doing work with the Chamber. That's fantastic. Absolutely. It's in motion. It's working. It's in motion. It's definitely working. It works if you work it. And what did you have to do to get involved? Um, I didn't do anything to get involved, to be honest with you. Um, the Urban League, apparently, and the Commerce <laughs> decided. I don't know how all that happened, but I just know we were one of the ones chosen. So, so. Urban, But you learned about it through the Urban yes. League. Got it. Yes. It's a good partnership. Absolutely. Well, Joanna, just thanks for your time to share your story with us and... Um, taking us behind the scenes at Jay's Sweet Treats a little bit yeah. and how this all came to be. It is a magical story. It is a magical story. Keep doing your stuff. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. I can't wait to try some of it and I will be trying peach cobbler pound cake. I'm yes, just reminding myself right now. That's what I need to try. And it has a peach glaze on top. Oof. Oh, it's heaven. So good. All right. On that note, for our listeners, if you want to learn more also, like I do about Jay's Sweets, tr Sweet Treats and Cakes, visit jaysweettreats.net. That's J-S-S-W-E-E-T-T-R-E-A-T-S.net. Or stop by their Parsons Avenue or Polaris Mall location and pick up some sweet treats. And if you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to let us know by sharing your ratings and reviews on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you may be listening. Your reviews help people find this show and hear our community's stories, the stories that are like Joanna's and the other leaders within the community. We read your feedback and we value your ideas as we plan for future episodes. CBuzz is proudly produced in collaboration with Capital University. We want to say a special thank you to their talented students here with us today, faculty and staff, for really bringing this program to life for you, our listeners. Once again, I'm Michaela Hunt, your host for CBuzz, the Columbus Chamber of Commerce's business-focused podcast, and we hope to catch you next time.